we're all protecting you. We have, we have all protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? We're not dressed for this. I don't need to be around me. Let me tell you something. The only thing. If I want to see that, what a road is. I'm not really sure what I've done to you, but I'm not Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hot and Bravo podcast on the Butter Pop Network. It is time for this week's Real Housewives of New York recap, which I know you guys have all been waiting for. I'm here with my co... Oh, I'm Eddie Estrada, in case I forget to introduce myself, which I sometimes do. Hyped up on the cold brew today. I'm here with my co-host, Armin. Armin, what's up? I didn't take the jitney here this time. No, did you take the mobile, the mobile office? I did. It was wonderful. It was comfortable. I could watch the news. I'm a big fan of the mobile offices. I see them a lot on um, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Like Scott Disick always has like a a mobile office, and I'm I'm a big fan of them. I like really want one. Should we invest? I think maybe Buttered Pop and <laughs> the Hot and Bravo and iHeart Basketball and Holly a mobile Shook, studio. A mobile studio. I think it would be nice to just like drive around town. We could like we could like go to Malibu Wines and then like. <laughs> you know, work in Malibu wines and then just take the mobile office back and just, you know, is have it, lunch. Is it irresponsible to podcast and drive? Um, no, we would have a driver, obviously. You don't drive the thing yourself. We're not like getting a mobile can office. We, it's like one second, one of us has to drive. <laughs> well, we'll figure it out. We'll work it into the budget. Um, <laughs> I, this was kind of a slow New York episode for me. It had a to be continued, which was probably the best part of the episode. Um, but I think it was kind of like, we can break this up into three different ladies that the stories kind of revolved around. Definitely. So we have, um, Tinsley, Barbara and Luann. Well, and we'll end with Luann because that's a whole beast in itself. Truly. All right. So Tinsley starts the episode. We find out that her dog is dying of cancer, which is really upsetting. That must be so hard. She, she thinks of these dogs as her children, like these animals mean so much to her so for her to find out that her dog has cancer this is pretty like life-changing like this is earth-shattering news uh but you know she's upset about this and then she's upset about scott and it kind of gets on sonia's nerves so when they're out one night sonia's basically like shut up like (laughs) i'm so over you like whining about this like it's old news um and tinsley takes a lot of which isn't accurate it's not accurate but this upsets tinsley because like I mean, it's her issues. I mean, I get where Sonia can come from because like after you whine about something so many times, it's like, shut up. I cannot deal with this anymore. They either fix the problem or shut up. And I feel like that's the point Sonia's at. And Tinsley kind of is like very whiny and like, oh, woe is me play the victim all the time when it's like, dude, if you're having an issue, figure it out and like change your life. Don't sit around and mope around because nothing's going to change if you're just doing that. So I get Sonia. Like I, Tinsley, like, I'm sorry that she's going through this. Like I understand, but when my friends like have breakups and stuff, my always my go-to advice is like, stop moping around, stop crying on to the next. Thank you. Next move on, move forward. Take whatever advice that you can get, whatever you learn from this relationship. Cause you were in it for a reason. Take those lessons just take those lessons. Take those lessons and those blessings and those blessings. Is that what you were going forward. for? No, I wasn't. But we'll we'll just bring those blessings it, forward to the next it. relationship. No, <laughs> blessings, not baggage. That's that's my that's my uh, I like that. tagline for relationships. Bring, BNB. Bring the blessings, not the baggage. Yeah, I like that. I right? like that a lot. I need to make shirts. 
So you're not the pint of ice cream kind of guy. Like, no. let's buy the pint. No, I'm like, let's go take tequila let's shots. Let's cry. And go party and just forget about it and go have fun and move forward. Like, that, it really bugs me when people are like, oh, like, I'm really, like, upset because it's like, I want them to not be upset. I want them to be happy because there's a reason everything happens. But I think you can't devalue people's feelings. No, either. and I don't. No, and I don't. And I understand that. But, and the Sonia situation, what I'm saying is like, it's been a month. Get over it. Oh, you think Tinsley should get over it? The Scott situation? Yeah. The dog situation? No. no. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Some nuance. Yeah. Because with Scott... I think when you look at it contextually, it's not like this breakup is out of nowhere. They've broken up so many times. I think it's different when it's out of nowhere, out of the blue, a long-term relationship. Yeah. They've only been dating less than two years, and much of those two years were spent not dating yeah, and not living in the same city. So if, if you look at the gravity of the situation, it's not that big of a deal. I think the bigger deal is actually, as she put it, her time clock. Exactly. And the fact that she wants to have a child, but have a child while already having that family in place. Yeah. And which is something that Bethany alludes to. It's not even about Scott. It's more about her wanting to have this child. And have a family. And have a family. Yeah. So that's what that's what the next Tinsley story is, is her, Sonia, and Bethany go to like a lunch brunch situation. Ramona. Oh, Ramona. What did I say, Sonia? Sonia. I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Um, They're one in the same. Ramona. Ramona. Well, not right now. Uh, but True. Ramona. Quickly, though, before we get into that lunch, what did you think about Sonia saying that friends, when they go out with other friends, should compartmentalize their problems? I mean, I mean, we all compartmentalize to a certain degree, right? But what I think she was trying to say, which I agree with, is like there's a time and place for everything. Like if I'm going out with you, we're going out to go out to have fun. Blessings, not baggage. Yes. Like if you want to go sit down and have a cry fest and do like Netflix and ice cream, I'll do that with you. Just like let, let's go do that. If you're like, oh, let's go out and party, have a good night, go to the club. I don't want you like sitting and crying. Like no one wants to play babysitter for a drunk like sobber. Fair. I just think sometimes you can't control those feelings. And I'm never that guy. You know me. No, I'm never I know. the in the corner at the club crying guy. No, but No crying in the club. No crying in the club. Although that's one of my favorite memes is why am I crying in the club right now? But if my friend was going through something in a club situation, I feel like I'd have to step up. I'd feel obligated to step up. Yeah. But back to the, the situation at hand, it's Scott. Like, she was not upset about it that much when they were having their freaking manicure party. So why is she upset about it in the club? Like, get over it. Fair. That's what I'm saying. Tinsley, I feel for you, but like, come on. Coupon cabin, you could do better. So let's talk about the lunch. Yes. So let's talk about what I think could possibly be the best move in Housewives history if it happens. And that is Bethany's basically trying to convince Tinsley to have the baby without a man attached which i think would actually be great for tinsley because i think tinsley needs a companion and i don't i think she has enough support from her family her mother those around her to be able to have this child and have a companionship with this child which i think would she would appreciate much more than a man 
You know what I mean? Plus they could be Eloise in the hotel together and that'd be just so cute. And like Tinsley as a single mom would be fantastic. But like, and I, as I think, Bethany said, there's no deadline on the man. Exactly. But if Tinsley wants to have this child, unfortunately, there is this deadline. And she and her and Ramona did say, like, they're very traditional people where she feels like, how can a man love me if I already have a kid? Like, what if that's what he wanted to share with me? And I feel like that's a very old way of thinking. That's antiquated. Yeah, it's a very old way of thinking because, like Bethany said... If a man loves you, he's going to love whatever you brought onto the surface before him. Like, 100%. You know, you know 100%. like, you know, love is love is love is love, like Lin-Manuel Miranda says. <laughs> and Bethany knows. And Bethany knows. Bethany has Bryn. Yeah, but that was after Jason. But she, her situation's different. It's like, no, what I mean she doesn't is, want the man in the life, even though he's. Dennis loved Bryn. Oh, yeah. True. Loved Bryn. I thought Bryn. you were talking about Jason. I was like. No, oh. no, not Jason. I'm talking about the fact that what I meant was. Dennis loved Bryn and even gave Bryn a ring yeah. when he gave Bethany a ring. Yeah. And he had as much love for Bryn as he did for Bethany because Bryn is an extension of Bethany. And I think so Bethany also, has first-hand experience here. And I feel like that might be better for Tinsley to weed out like the bad guys. You know what I mean? Like I feel like right. you know, when a guy in New York is dating Tinsley Mortimer who's like known to have a child, she's a single mother, you know, on her own, badass bitch, killing it. I think she would have a higher standard of man maybe entering her life and maybe something that would actually be worthwhile and genuine. If we go to the other coast, you have Aaron and Denise Richards. And Aaron has been an amazing father yeah. to Denise's children uh-huh. on RHOBH. So there are examples of this. I and think he's friggin' hot, Tinsley. <laughs> and they like hook so up all the time. you could get a hot guy yeah. who will have sex with you every, every day. single morning. Every single day, Tinsley. Work out twice a day, have his own business, and he adores your children. Tinsley. He's a great father. I'm with Bethany on this. I think Tinsley needs to do this. She needs to stop whining about it and just pull the trigger. If she's comfortable with it. It's her I mean, body. True, it's her choice. True. Yeah, but like I think I think she would be really happy. And I loved how they were like, oh, we can get you all the things, make it part chihuahua. I have to say the thing about the dogs and babies <laughs> was humorous, but it's true. Because, okay, we have like a puppy in our house. My roommate got a puppy for Christmas. And her name's Dolly. She's like the cutest thing ever. I did not used to be a dog person until this dog came into my life. Um, but I, she's so like a medium-sized dog. She's like kind of tiny. So she loves to be held and carried. So I hold her like a baby, like where she's on her back and she's like looking up at me so I could like rock her as I like walk her. So like two weekends ago, my cousins were in town and there's a baby, like a new baby cousin that I hadn't met yet, but she was like so cute. But my cousin was like, can you hold her? And I was like, I think so. So I held her and I was like, oh, this is easy. It's just like the dog. Like dogs really do teach you how to like take care of children. So everyone laughing at Tinsley for wanting her baby to be part chihuahua. It, it's real. Eddie relates. I relate. I understand. What do, what do you want your kid to be part? Uh, what's Dolly? We have no idea, but no. How I do you have no idea? I, it's like a mutt of some sort. Oh, she okay. got it. She adopt, don't shop. Kelsey like adopted the dog. Um, and it's not old enough to where we can do one of those like 23 and me dog tests yet, but we're going to, she's going to do it at the vet. Like when she's like old enough. They have those 23 and yes. for dogs. So like you can figure out like what kind of dog the mutt is, <laughs> which I'm really excited because she's, I don't have no idea what people she ask and you don't know. Yeah. I mean, they don't ask me. I'm not like walking the dog, but like I ask myself when I look into her eyes and I'm like, you're so darn cute. What are you? <laughs> you little cutie. Um, 
Okay, speaking of cuties, let's talk about Barbara and her lady. So we get a little background about Barbara. Um, first and foremost, we get two very different locker room stories, one from Barbara and one from Sonia. So Barbara's talking about how when she was younger, um, she would basically be felt up by the women in the locker room. And Sonia's like, oh, wow, that's so weird from like my story. Like I used to get beat up. And she's what? like, she's like laughing, telling stories. She's like, yeah, I'd walk in and they'd be like, let's kill her. Let's beat her up. And Barbara's like, wait, what? These girls beat you up in the locker room? Sonia's like, yeah, but don't worry. I would get back at them. The best move is to take their head and knock it into the hairdryer. And she's like, bang. And like, Barbara's like, this bitch is crazy and could literally drop me in five seconds. And she was like, everyone wanted to beat me up. Kind of like today. It's crazy. We need the Sonia biography ASAP. Well, I mean, one of the most amazing things that I watched in recent years of Housewife was the Countess Luann, like, story. Like, who are they? Like, Housewife, where it, like, went into her past and she was, like, a presenter in Italy and she got crabs from some guy in, like, Europe. Lived in France. Yeah, it was was amazing. But it was just so interesting because it was, like, her telling her own story. I need Sonia to do that, but I feel like the reason they haven't done it is because it would be, like, a five-hour special because she's been through so much. We need a book. That's what we need. I need a book and I need a movie. And I feel like we need to find the right actress. I feel like... Who would play Sonia in a movie? Kate McKinnon. Easy. Would be perfect. She could bring the comedic element. Yes. Yeah. I feel like in about like 10 years when we're ready to make the Sonia Morgan movie, Kate McKinnon will bring that comedy. She could, she could bring the, the nuance. Yeah. She can just... Yes. I feel like... Yes. And she kind of like looks like her a little bit too. It would work. We'd I have to get it. a new nose. Because Sonia does have like a like yeah prosthetics they can yeah. do anything nowadays, but I'm I'm just saying I'm casting it now. I like it, Kate McKinnon. That works for me. I want maybe a mini series like a Hulu mini series. How about Kristen Wiig? No, she's it, she, it doesn't work. She's too she's too crazy. She's too crazy. You yeah, you, you have to have back. that. You have to have that like perfect medium. And there's just something about there's something special about Sonia. I love her, but um. <laughs> I, but then the, the conversation evolves and basically um, Barbara reveals to Sonia on camera that she's bisexual. Right. And Sonia does not take this at all. She's like, no, you're not, you're not bisexual. You're gender liquid. She's like, you'll just go with anything. And I'm like, you're gender liquid. Gender liquid is what the G and LGBT now stands for. I've, literally claimed that because that is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. It's hilarious. She meant sexually fluid. Exactly. Or like, you know, I just am like, Sonia, she's like, I'm a fan of the LGBT. And she's like, gender, gender liquid. It kills me. Like, it's just so Sonia because she's just like this old lady who's just trying to be like hip and modern with her gaze around her. And she's like, I heard them say something about a water and sex, gender, gender liquid. Like, it's so, because it's so I mean, technically, fluids are liquids. It's hilarious. It kills me. (laughs) Um, But we come to find out later in the episode that Barbara actually was in a relationship with a woman for over a year. And they didn't marry, but they loved each other. And it was a real relationship. And, I mean, she is bisexual. So, I think this is honestly huge. Because it's the first time we've really had, I mean, Candy kind of. Yeah. Burris. But, like... I feel like Barbara is like, like, this is kind of like a big deal almost. You know what I mean? Right. 
because I'm not sure. But she's if, not like a housewife. She's like a friend of the housewife. So it's not like a, it's, I mean, it's not like, oh my God, a housewife is this. But like, I'm really liking this direction that Barbo yeah. is open to bringing more diverse storylines to the cast because, you know, for the, I mean, every single housewife was married to or is married to a man. And I think Barbara would have been the first who, you know, had a relation with with like, you know, the longstanding almost partnership with this lady. We've always talked about how the best of reality TV reflects society. And, you know, in many ways, all of these shows do in some form or fashion. Um, But I think we can all admit that it really does display a narrow slice Mm -hmm. of our society, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you look at it like socioeconomically, <laughs> we're not going to get like housewives that aren't in the upper class. Um, but aside from that, um, it's been like incredibly heteronormative, wouldn't you say, like throughout the years? Oh, totally. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, you have like Rosie on New Jersey and you have like Candy. Yes, that's who I was thinking of. I mean, yeah, but uh, yeah, but the only thing is, is like, you'll see like plenty of gay men on Real Housewives, Greg but you Bennett, won't see. Also yeah. on Ranch. Yeah, but you won't see gay women. And I think that's like, right. I think it's great. I would love to see a full lesbian housewife. I think that would be so interesting and so amazing to watch. And I'd love to see how, honestly, any city would fit that into their cast. Um, but kudos to Barbara for being herself and doing her thing. So loved that. But of course, Sonia had to make a joke out of it. Yeah. The Roni cast has to make a joke out of it. Everything. I'm glad that they don't confront too many serious issues because they can't take anything seriously. Well, they were uh, they were kind of like being a little iffy in the car. Dorinda, Bethany, and Tinsley when they were talking about things that were like politically correct and like how Dennis wasn't politically correct and how Dorinda always makes mistakes. And I was like, eh. I know it was it was teetering on almost like uh oh I'm nervous of where this conversation is going to go. And but Bethany thankful- was kind of pushing Barbara and saying, well, don't you like men more? Yeah. And Barbara was saying that she does like men more, but. There seemed to be this like questioning of her sexuality. Yeah, it's an interesting situation, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see how the ladies move forward with the situation. We'll see if, you know, Barbara maybe finds another lady that catches her fancy. Yeah. So let's talk about a little problem in the Roni cast. And that problem is Luann Deliceps, the Countess, and Cabaret Star. So hey, you call it a problem. I call it grade A drama. <sighs> I find her so, honestly, I said on Twitter, after seeing Countess and Friends Live, cabaret is now a trigger word for me as well. Like, I gave it a shot. It was terrifying (laughs) and amazing all at once. But We have the full recap on Patreon. But batshit insane. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know what was scarier, what was happening on stage or off. Yeah, exactly. Like it was, it, but was, it was both. Frightening. Yeah, I was. Te- I, you, you were. T- I was terrified for what was going on stage. <laughs> Murray Hill. I'm sorry. <laughs> Showbiz. Yeah, it's frightening. And in the audience, I did not feel safe either. Too many crazies. Too many drunkies. It was too much. But. The ladies are so over Luann that, you know, it's no longer I'm the Countess. Now it's I'm a cabaret star. <laughs> and all of them are talking shit on her. Um, Bethany, Dorinda, and Tinsley are on their way to um, Luann's new house, which they're all invited to because they're going to go out to dinner, see the new house, stay in her new home. 
Um, Sonia's not in the car with them because she stayed back for birthday party number one that the other ladies weren't invited to at Scarpetta. Ramona. Ramona. Did I say Sonia? Yeah. I keep mixing them up. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but like Ramona, yeah, she's not there because she's being a little like Scorpio bitch and is just like partying with her other friends. And let's get this out of the way really quickly because I was going to bring it up later. Ramona says to Bethany at the lunch that she feels that Bethany is isolating herself from the friend group and they're not seeing her a lot, which I think is just another instance of Ramona projecting mm-hmm. because she is the one isolating She's the one herself. Leaving. Like I think I've She's seen She's leaving her, like, every event. Every single one. Or not showing up to events. Or excluding herself from the group to hang out with other people. She didn't invite the cast to her birthday party when her own friend Lucia wanted to invite them. She is the one isolating herself or putting herself on an island. She said, Bethany, you're on an island from the rest of the group. What? Like, I know Bethany hasn't been at every single event, but neither have you, Ramona. And when Bethany shows up, she either stays for the whole time or in the case of Luann's Halloween party, which we'll get into more, she will leave because of Bryn. In Ramona's case, she's leaving like super early at the beginning of events, not even staying till 11. She left uh, Bethany's dinner party to go on a date with a dude. What? She's the one isolating herself. A hundred, a hundred percent. I agree with you. Anyway, back to Lou. No, but that was, I do agree. It's a projection, but the ladies are on their way in the car. They're actually taking a car. They don't get the mobile office like Sonia. Um, but they are basically like, we're going to make a drinking game out of how many times the Countess says cabaret, because it's gotten so much of a problem that every other word out of this woman's mouth is cabaret. My cabaret. Have you seen the cabaret? I'm doing the cabaret. These statement necklaces are for the cabaret. This dress for my cabaret. Did you write my cabaret? It's like, this Giovanni it. dress. Eddie. Oh, Giovanni. Yeah. For clarity. Feeling Giovanni. Side note. Feeling Giovanni. That music video is dropping soon. I know it. And it, and from what it looks like, Lisa Renna and Cynthia Bailey are on it. Iconic. So get yourselves ready. Get your Giovanni dress. Pop in. It's right in, it's right in Beverly Hills, right across from the Medmen in Beverly Hills. Gorgeous little store. Um, <laughs> Giovanni. Um, but, Giovanni! but Sonia kind of warns Luann the night before these ladies come that this is what the ladies are talking about. She's like, you know, they think you're high and mighty. They are over the cabaret. Everyone's talking about you and how much of like a celebrity you're acting. And Luann gets super offended. She's like, let me remind you whose house you're in, like who you're talking to. And, and Sonia like, was saying that she was in agreement with some of their points. Yeah. Sonia's like, yeah, you're kind of like have this high horse. You're making us wait like a celebrity. Don't forget where you came from. Exactly. And she's like, she's like, I'm the only one who's going to be truthful with, with you. I'm, I'm a, I'm a Sagittarius. I tell the truth. Like, She's the only one who's going to keep it real with Lou. And Lou needs to appreciate that. Like if my friend was like, you know what? Everyone's saying this about you. And I kind of agree with this. I wouldn't be like, you think about whose house you're in. I'm offended. I'd be like, whoa, there's something in my behavior that is making other people annoyed and upset with me. My friend is trying to explain this to me. What do I need to work on? I should work with her to better myself, to better myself or the friend group, which is what a normal person would do. People like Countess Luann and Lisa Vanderpump do not listen to their friends when they reach out when there's an issue. Kyle was doing the same thing that Sony was doing to Luann with LVP. I'm just going to say that, throw that out there. If you guys don't want to believe that, take it for what it is. But we are looking at two mirror situations right here. I think there's a slight difference. Because 
Sonia is giving constructive criticism on Luann's behavior. And in terms of the Kyle LVP situation, they're talking about like whether or not LVP did something. And in regards to Luann, it's more abstract. Like we feel the way you're acting is inappropriate, a little egotistical, etc. But if LVP says, I did not give this story to Radar Online, and another person says, you did, unless LVP fesses up, then... They're never going to agree. What I'm trying to say is it's a friend reaching out, trying to make amends for a situation where the person they're reaching out to is on the bad end of the deal. And I think Luann is not receptive to this information at all. She's she's annoyed that Sony is doing this. She's upset right. that someone she thinks her friend is daring question her personality and her sense of being because of what these other ladies are saying about her cabaret. And Lou should be thankful for Sonia because Sonia isn't talking behind her back like Bethany and Dorinda exactly. are doing. Sonia is trying to provide that constructive criticism and say, Lou, this is what's happening. I, I feel the same way too. Try to manage yourself and your ego here. I would She's hope, doing a good thing. I would hope that if I ever get egotistical to the point of Luann de la Sepp's arm in that you would sit me down and be like, remember where you came from, Eddie. Uh, Eddie, I need to sit you down right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm doing this on the podcast, but don't forget where you came from. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's You're getting a little narcissistic over there. You know me. <laughs> You're on hot and rabid. Um, but I mean, I, I, I appreciate what Sony was trying to do, but Luann didn't take it really at all. The ladies come and they start kind of playing this game, the drinking game behind <laughs> Luann's back. Now, Luann doesn't straight up say cabaret, but she describes an event that they're going to be going to that is a cabaret. They're literally going to see this 80 year old cabaret Cuban star after dinner. Cause they're going out who plays the keyboards. She plays the keyboards, which by the way, I find impressive. An 80 year old woman, Eddie performing. Yeah. I mean, it's That's great, impressive. but from the preview that we saw, it doesn't look that great. Um, hey, but just getting I, you, out know, there. you know what? More power to her. Yes. She's owning her truth. That's making badass. a living, killing it. I love it. Um, but then Luann tries to give Bethany clothes. And I've never seen <laughs> Bethany more terrified in her life than Luann offering her jeweled blazers. Bethany's like, I'm okay. Bethany's like, you know no. what? I appreciate it, but a jeweled blazer is not my shiz. She's like in her Stetson, like cowboy hat, like ready to like be in the like New York wilderness. She's not like, okay, that is like something from like the eighties, New York. Bethany has her own sense of fashion and arguably the best sense of fashion on the cast. Arguably. <laughs> Who has better fashion, Tinsley? Honestly, I think Sonia has the best fashion on the, the entire cast. Interesting. I think Sonia. Well, I do think Bethany just puts a lot of care and effort into her fashion. Not always. I As think Bethany? sometimes she wears insane looks, and I do not. Like, oh, I'm not saying they're not insane. And her skinny, skinny girl jeans are atrocious. Like, have you seen them? No, I haven't. Some of them are literally insane. Like, you're looking. I'm looking at these pants, and I'm like, who would wear this? And I have no idea. And I'm sorry. There's some styles that are cute. People, I understand. Like, more power to you. Go, Bethany, for making like different styled pants but like some of these jeans god damn it like who what how why well aside from her jeans i think the stuff she wears usually she does look good don't get me wrong i think she does have a lot of great looks i think luann has great looks i think ramona 
has clothes. I think um, Dorinda sometimes has great looks, but I I personally think Sonia confessionals uh, just out on the town. Right. Everyday wear. Sonia has style. Sonia's always had style. Like that freaking pink rose, like confessional look with their hair up in like the beehive. Yeah. It makes me feel some type of way. But my original point was only that Bethany has her own sense of fashion. That's clearly different from Luann. Exactly. She's not going to bridge that gap. I, I don't think anyone also but Luann would wear some of those statement necklaces that she has. Exactly. Those like That's are an eyesore. Of. It's like only you can pull these off, Lou. Only you. But the clothes isn't the biggest thing that Luann and Bethany no. disagree on. Um, the biggest thing for them this episode is the fact that Luann dissed Bethany for leaving at 1115 for her Halloween performance. Now, Bethany had been told as the other ladies that Luann would go on at 11 o'clock. So she stayed till 11. Luann didn't come on. Luann was like 30 minutes late. She waited. Bethany even gave an extra 15 before she was like, I got to go home. My daughter's at home. Bryn's alone. You know, I got to go. I think Lou even went on at midnight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she went on like late. Like Luann, like the world's not going to wait for you, much like Sony was saying. And I think they all got there at eight or nine anyway. Yeah, they got there early. And then it was like, okay, now it's 11. But Luann was upset that Bethany couldn't stay and celebrate her. And she like, her daughter's, you know, asleep. Like, what is she going to do? Go watch her sleep? Well, this is offensive because like Bethany said, she's being a mom. She's a single mother. She needs to get home to make sure that she can get up in the morning and make breakfast for Brynn and get Brynn to school. Like, she's a third grader. She's eight years old. These are moments that she's never going to get back. Luann's, both of her kids are in college. One has a DUI. One's an artist in New York. Like, they're living their lives. <laughs> what did you just sneak in there? <laughs> did you say DUI? Yeah, Victoria has a DUI. It's <laughs> Is that relevant? It's a fact. Um, so they, she doesn't, she doesn't care what they're doing. They're off gallivanting across the globe, whatever. Bethany's and, and child is di- in her home. Yeah, and that distinction is important because at one point Lou says, "Oh, you're acting like I'm not a mother too." And Bethany's but it's like, different yeah. circumstances, exactly. One is eight years old, and the others are adults. Adults, like they're full adults. blown adults. Um, but I don't know. Then Lou starts jumping in and basically is like, "It's narcissistic," and because Bethany is basically calling out Luann is like, you know, well, Luann's Tinsley like, is muttering under she's her breath. She's muttering under her breath. But Bethany starts bringing stuff out. She's like, yeah, this is narcissistic. But like, Bethany's right. She celebrated Lou when she was there for Lou this summer and made sure that she was okay. She doesn't need to make every single moment that Lou has a special moment. Bethany has to live her own life. Bethany has to celebrate those small moments with Bryn while she still has them before Bryn gets, you know, into fourth grade, fifth grade, junior high, high school. Then she's going to be an adult. Then Bethany can stay out till freaking 3 a.m. and do whatever the hell she wants. But for right now, she has the right to go home and live her life the way that she wants to. And I feel like it is very self-centered of Luann to be like, I need everyone here to celebrate me all the time. It's very Ramona of like, it's about me. It's about me. If everyone's not celebrating me, then I'm going to bring everyone else down. Then you're against me. Ramona and Luann are having terrible seasons. Terrible. And I think the problem with Luann right now is that she's looking at this situation in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. She's like, why do you need to go home when Bryn is asleep? You're going to go home and watch your child sleep? Yeah. But as Bethany is trying to explain to her, you can't just look at this in a vacuum. You got to look at the full context. It, it was Halloween. And guess what? When I got home from work, I went out 
and trick-or-treated with Bryn. And then I had to get ready, which took a lot out of all of them. Yeah. I forget who pointed that out, but they all put on, I think it was Sonia actually, who yeah. was joking that the time that everyone took to put on their outfits was longer than Luann's performance. Yeah, exactly. And that's true. So Bethany not only trick-or-treated with Bryn, put on this amazing costume, stayed at Luann's event for three plus hours. She then also had to wake up early the next day to take Bryn to school, right? And make her breakfast and lunch and go to work afterwards because clearly it's a work day. Yeah. If it's a school day, it's a work day. And then she would have to pick Bryn up and do it all over again. But Luann is looking at it in a vacuum, as if it's only this one, one small sliver, this one moment. Wait, are you going to stay here and hang out with me? Or go home where your daughter's sleeping. You're not spending time with her. And it's ignoring the fact that, Lou, she's got to wake up tomorrow. She's got to do nice. all of these things tomorrow. Take care of her kid tomorrow, too. So if she's parting with you and going to after hours, then she's not going to wake up. And she's going to have to have her housekeeper do all of those things. But Bethany wants to be... A present mother doing those things with Bryn and for Bryn. Lou is really not thinking here. And there is a moment when Bethany's trying to explain all this and she uh, says to Luann, I need you to hear me. I need you to receive this. Do you remember that? Yes. I actually thought that was a really emotional, intense moment. No, Bethany's really trying to like get through to Luann that like this is unacceptable. Like you are on this high horse. Everyone thinks you're narcissistic right now. Everyone feels like you have thrown away all the work that we put in to you last season. Everything that we did for you is nothing compared to what we should be doing for you now. And I think that's where the real problem lies with these women is that Luann is not grateful for the the work that these ladies did for her, for the stuff that she put them through. And specifically Bethany. It's specifically Nobody did Bethany. more than Bethany. Nobody. Ramona wasn't even there for Luann. Yeah, but Bethany got her into rehab, paid for her treatment that she didn't even finish, and then she's just expecting everyone to give, 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 give more just because she has this new venture. Honey, it doesn't work like that. Be appreciative that your friends would even take the time to come spend with you, even, you know... They came for you. Oh, they so didn't Bethany have to be the event. was there for three and a half yeah. hours. It, the, the fact that you couldn't come out and say hello really quick or be like, oh, get the ladies backstage. I'd love to say hello to them before the show. No. It's it's Luann's own fault. Like, it's just, I'm just very over Luann. This episode ends on a to be continued. So I'm sure that we're going to get the rest of this fight, hopefully. I mean, Oh, yeah, are. of course. But, I think it was in the preview. Can I quickly say, though? Yeah. So after Bethany said that whole thing about how I need you to hear this. I need you to receive this, Lou. Lou actually sits down and listens. And it was funny because Bethany says, Luann, I am supporting you. This is basically what you just outlined, Eddie. Bethany says, Luann, I am supporting you and your cabaret and everything you're doing, but you are not supporting me. And I thought that was a crucial point because it's a very one-sided adventure. Aside from being grateful, Luann isn't being supportive of Bethany and everything that she's going through, which includes raising Bryn. And yeah. so you can't expect to be celebrated nonstop um, without also reciprocating in some form or fashion, at the very least with a baseline of respect, which is how Bethany puts it. Like, I don't need to be reciprocated tit for tat. I just need you to respect that respect if I need to go home, 
to be a mother, I'm going home to be a mother. It's Support not about you. that. Yeah. And I thought it was really a funny moment when Luann said, in response to that, I was not thinking. And that's when Tinsley muttered under her breath with perfect timing about anybody but yourself. <laughs> that was a great moment. It was great. I'm excited to see like Tinsley kind of maybe breathe more into this fight next episode. I wish she vocalized that. I think she's going about to. anybody but yourself, like loud and clear, so Luann could respond and be like, "Wait, are you saying I only care about myself?" Because you know, Lou doesn't believe that. But it's so true. Ugh. Well, turn it around, Lou. We believe. Well, we'll be seeing next week if Luann actually takes these words to heart. She doubt actually it. receives this message from Bethany, which <laughs> I highly doubt because we see Bethany do a meltdown in the preview of the season. Um, but if you guys don't want to make sure you miss that episode, or if you want to make sure you don't miss that episode, um, make sure you're subscribed to wherever you're listening. It's super easy. SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify. If you're a new listener on iTunes and you haven't rated and reviewed us yet, it's really easy. You just have to give us five stars and then say how much you love us. <laughs> or, you know, you could rate us however you want, but five stars are greatly appreciated. Um, we're on social media too, on Instagram and Twitter. So you guys can always join in with the conversation. It's hot and Bravo. That's H O T and B R A V O D. Armin, how can people find you? At Armin Mahram on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Eddie underscore Strata. We will see you guys next time.